Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. Today we're joined by Clara Ampho, who is a broadcaster and has interviewed some absolute legends, prolific artists that include Jay-Z, Kendrick Lamar, Pharrell, and has also met Beyonce, which I feel like is truly iconic. She is also was also the host of BBC Radio 1 chart show, <laughs> um, and the second woman to do so since the show started in 1967. She's also been hosting the ITV coverage of the Brit Awards for the past three years and can be found hosting multiple award shows and at red carpets. She's also a recurrent presence on the judging panel for the prestigious Mercury Music Prize and is part of the core presenting team on BBC Two and BBC Radio 4 um, for their coverage of the Radio 1 Big Weekend and Glastonbury. And I feel like the list for things that Clara does could go on and on and on, but that is just a snippet. So thank you for joining us, Clara. (laughs) We're out here, babes. We're here. Hi. Thanks for having me. What has this period of lockdown been like for you? Tiring, maybe? (laughs) I mean, yeah, lockdown has, it's been a lot of things, to be honest. It's been, it's been frustrating. It's been bittersweet. 
it's been bizarrely joyous. Um, it's been really fucking busy. <laughs> um, it's been a little bit exhausting. Um, and I think it just kind of changes every day. You know, I just, it's just, there's just a new thing every day, man. Like, it, I mean, I know it is almost the kind of, uh, you know, like, you know, part of the British culture is, you know, to talk about the weather and be like, oh, better get, better get my coat on or, oh, you know. And I think now the new sort of, um, the new small talk is like, what a year, eh? With all, this, <laughs> with all this going on, like, it, but but that but that's the only all this and like you know when all this is over. But it's, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It's mm. it's not like we haven't had historically bad periods of time, but I think the promise of 2020 and what we thought it was going to be, juxtaposed with the reality of what it actually is. It's just a fucking wow, mate. Like, it's, you couldn't make it up. Like, who was I chatting to the other day? Um, my mate who I was in Ghana with, um, like, 2019, like, uh, like, obviously, I mean, look, everyone saw, like, literally, like, <laughs> all of the diaspora was, like, in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> 2019. And we were on the beach, just like, yeah, man, this is going to be our year. It's going to be the best <laughs> year ever. And, it, like, honestly, Ghana this year just fed my soul. I had, like, with this year, last year, I had the best new year's like ever and we were just so full of promise and so gassed and like yeah and, and he just for the optics like 2020 just as a look it just looks to look at looks like a fab year and I remember saying to my mate oh yeah this is the year that all the op- opticians are going to be gassed like come see Specsavers like ah 2020 <laughs> <laughs> you know and it has just been a, 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 yeah just a, a non-stop wow and I feel like as well that like one of the ways in which we cope with it is by just talking about it again and again and again and more and more with like different people like I I kind of almost feel like I need to keep articulating why this is so weird and like feel so strange and like through that you kind of reach a a state of like maybe slight acceptance or being able to move forward and understand that yeah the world has changed but we'll be all right hopefully hopefully yeah it's really difficult but I think you just have to maintain some sense of sort of um, childlike almost hope to kind of keep you going. Well, that, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, and I've, I've noticed I've started following sort of more wholesome things online just to put a smile on my face, just to be like, you know what, it's not all, it's not all absolute hellfire. So I'm following a lot of like cute baby accounts. I follow and, loads of baby accounts. Yeah, that's man. my thing. That is just my so remedy. pure and... Un, 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 unaware of like the world's fuckery and they just you know it's healing it's really healing on the topic of children clara would you be able to read out this lovely extract that you have for us which is basically a reflection from a point i guess when you were at school how old were you when you wrote this i want to say i think like judging by my handwriting because it's when my handwriting was actually good i love it it's so cute oh my god fuck the internet and what it's done to us all <laughs> Honestly, now when I try and handwrite anything, like even a birthday <laughs> card, I I have to really take time to write every letter because I just 
it's it's awful but yeah I want to say it was about nine or ten when I did this and it's a school report like I just I just keep everything I got this for like you know from from a mum and dad's house like I, I must have taken it I think when I when I when I moved out and I just and I found it the other day because I'm trying I'm in the process of like trying to move home so I'm just chucking a bunch of stuff out and then I found this like file of all my old school stuff so what what do you want me to read from English maths or science or, or my general thoughts. <laughs> start, start. Just, I think, I think we've got time for you to read through the whole thing. We want to hear. Okay. All. all right. So this is these are my thoughts on my English skills at the time. I think I have improved my English. My spelling has got better, but I think I have to work on my grammar. And I put one of those bracket things in <laughs> a lot. Maths. I really enjoy maths, but I sometimes don't understand it. When the teacher tells us what to do, I don't listen very well. So I get stuck and do it wrong. <laughs> that definitely hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> shout out to my accountant. Um, science. I'm usually good at science, but it takes a while for me to understand it. Although it's very enjoyable because you get to learn new things. <laughs> Which topics do you enjoy and why? I enjoy the ancient Egyptians because I didn't know about how they did things. <laughs> how do you behave at school? I think I behave fairly well. But I think I shouldn't talk so much during lessons. What does your work look like? My work is okay, but I think my writing is a bit too big. What have you found difficult to do? I found the decimal work was a bit difficult because I didn't know what the points meant. <laughs> sure. Yeah, points weren't made. Uh, what are you good at doing? I am good at doing art because I like using paints, chalk, etc., etc. And I like geography because I like looking at maps. <laughs> <laughs> Any other comments about being in this class? I am now used to having, no, I am now more used to having two teachers because it's very useful. <laughs> Signed, Clara. <laughs> this is so adorable. How does it feel to reflect on that, like, period in your life? Do you think it's an accurate summation of, like, who you were at that point? of time it yeah it, it really is and it kind of makes me um we're just going back to what we were discussing earlier you know I think it's just that time of sort of um of like purity and you know and and, and innocence and, and and just that lack of responsibility but it's that thing is it when you're in school and you've got homework it's your everything and it's just like oh my god I need to do like 200 words on why I thought the Tudors did this or why the Egyptians did this. And it would be like all consuming if you didn't get it done. You know, that Sunday evening, like homework feeling, I fucking hated that feeling. Like, you know, it just, it, like you'd wake up on like a, on a Sunday morning, like full of promise. And like, you know, you, you'd like mess about with like your family or whatever, go out and about or like just stay in the house watching TV. And then I think come about like, about for me, it was always around like two o'clock. I was a bit like, oh. I better get started. And then I look at the clock again. I better, let me watch something on TV. And it's like 3.30. Then, then it's like, and it's like, you know, six o'clock and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and that, that I, I was definitely that kid. But then something depended. If, if I was really into something, I'd start doing it in advance and throw my all in tip. But the stuff I hated, like, yeah, your maths and, and like, yeah, just the kind of stuff that took a bit more time, I would procrastinate terribly. Do you have like vivid memories of being nine and ten? Because I know some people really remember those periods in their life. My memory's awful, so I don't, but. Um, I do and I don't. Like, I just, I, I mean, I used to wear really thick, 
like NHS glasses. I had, I, had, I had little pink ones. I had brown ones at first, which I hated. And then, then I got pink ones and they were pink and blue. And I, and I loved them. They were my pride and joy. They, had a, a, they, had, they were pink on the top and then blue on the bottom. And I thought I, thought I was bad. I love, I love them. But yeah, I think around nine or 10, I, was, I definitely was a really chatty child. But then I could also be like quite shy. I think I'm definitely a... Um, an extrovert, introvert in a weird sort of way. Like, I'm, I, do, I don't know if it's a general thing, but I can happily go, like, a week without chatting to anybody and just be in my own company. I'll just chill by myself and it's calm. Like, you know, I, like, I go on holiday a lot by myself. Like, I just, I like my own company. But at the same time, like, I, I love to be around people. I think I was definitely like that as a kid. I was definitely just, like, super, super chatty. Very much like, but miss, miss. Like, always had an extra, an extra question. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And were you were you like a trier in school? Like were you always trying to do do the thing, do get the homework in, like even if you weren't quite succeeding? Yeah, it I, it's it's weird because like it, I do I always had a thirst for knowledge, but I wasn't like a massive SWAT in the sense of like I wasn't a sort of I was never quite like head girl, like, you know, the, like the elite perfect student. I wasn't like in, in that gang, but I think I was just good at concentrating on on what I was good at and sort of I don't know like giving it my own twist in a weird sort of way like so I don't know if I'm just I'm just trying to I'm really trying to think back now but it, it I, I do I think with me in school I wasn't into doing stuff perfectly uh, but I was very much into injecting a lot of personality into my school work and hoping that I could use I could get away with that Rather than, rather than being academically like perfect it's more like but miss I tried and like I did this kind of thing rather than you know I'm gonna get every single thing right I think that was always my my scholastic flex and I think I, I, I think that's just try, how I try and work now <laughs> what was growing up for you like kind of outside of an academic context obviously we all know your mum from um whatsapp mama we don't know your mum beyond that <laughs> and the and the kind of outfit critique yeah literally yeah, it's I, I, my mum is a very as you know like from from the cameo appearances because we had we had to we had to uh, put a limit to WhatsApp mama because chatty patties in our church haters everywhere. Oh, oh no, no! You, you, you get a bit of attention. The chatty patties uh, in in the Ghana Ghana in church community is like, oh, I saw your daughter. <laughs> like, oh no! Yeah, I think they, they got her a bit hyped and she got a bit like, oh, oh. So like, so you know, I, I had to out of respect for her. I, I made it private and I just, I don't add to it anymore. Like, we'll give her, like, and again, it's, the mood for her now is, like, the occasional 2020 cameo. So, we just on quarter three and you wait, probably won't see her now. I'd say maybe October and then maybe not again until December. That, that's the plan. We're waiting, we're waiting. <laughs> but, yeah, growing up, um, you know, because I, I grew up in, like, quite a white area. But my parents are really good at, making sure that we just knew who we were. And it wasn't even a thing of sort of defiance. It was just very much that we're Ghanaian. So like my parents like kind of darted around um, South London before they actually settled like a little bit further out in Kingston. So my dad, like he came here to study as a student in like the late 60s, like early 70s. Um, and he was like living in Elton those times, which as you can imagine. Wow. Not the cutest. It would be amazing to hear a little bit about your upbringing outside of, um, I guess, like the academic context, because this is obviously a report that's focused on school. It was a mixed bag in the sense that my parents are like chalk and cheese, right? 
Um, so my dad like, passed away about five years ago and he was a microbiologist. So he was very much about science, right? Like facts, you know, evidence, hypothesis, prognosis. Like that was his, that was his sort of approach to life. You know, he was, he was a kind of spiritual guy, I guess. He was just very real and he was very liberal and very cool. And I think I, I owe so much to my, to my dad and my mum, which I'll get to like in a, in a second. But I really, I really owe a lot to my father just because he wasn't, I guess, the cliche or the traditional, you know, West African parent that I think, that I think people assume uh, that, you know, a, a person like me or, or anybody from the diaspora would have of, you know, if you don't, you know, do like a, a science like degree, I'm going to kick you out of the house or, you know, and my mum, my mum has been this type of mum that's like, you know, if you don't get married, if you don't have kids, like you're a failure. Because I have got friends and I know family members who have been given, you know, that that sort of, that, that ultimatum by their parents and, and have been spoken to with that, that kind of language of your legacy is to be a pharmacist or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever. And your legacy is to have three children and get married in the church. And, for, and even though my mum is super religious, and even though she has, you know, these aspirations for me, I've been, I'm, growing up, I never actually felt that pressure. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think the thing about my dad is that, you know, him coming over to this country, he never lost his sense of who he was. He never lost his sense of being an African man, never lost his sense of being a Ghanaian man. And it's not even about him adapting to the UK, because I think for me to say that he adapted means that he that he moulded himself to, to, to fit in here. And he didn't. He was just himself, but he held himself with such a dignity and such a confidence that people just respected him. And he didn't have to try and hide any part of his culture and, and his being. And I, and, I think, and I think that's what we all like, inherited from him. And when I catch myself slipping, you know, I try, I try and sort of, I guess, invoke his spirit, so to speak. It's interesting that you kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you kind of suggested that people project a particular upbringing onto you in, in, in like the fact that they think that you had, you know, a perhaps more traditional upbringing than you actually had. In what ways has that affected you or, ha- you know, what conversations do you tend to have around that? Well, just you know really interesting. I, I think a lot of people project expectations of like the sort of black experience in so many different ways. I think there are some people that still don't understand there are black people that go to like private school and not on scholarship because mm. their parents are loaded. But I think we've been fed this this uh, narrative that you know all black people are working class and have grown up in social housing and and nothing else or are either boiling out of control or and there's like no bit in the middle or some have had a mixed bag like I know I know people who grew up in social housing that did go to private school scholarships I know people who grew up in fabulous wealth and rejected all their parents sort of opportunities that they were ready to sort of like be handed to them but I think there's there are so many facets to our experience as black people and I think I think there needs to be more to um to to showcase that you know I think I mean it it, it we're seeing it small, small, um, but I definitely think it needs to be explored on a, on a larger scale. And it's just very interesting to sort of see how black people are written about, particularly when they become successful 
I just really try and read between the lines of how people are being reported on. It'll be like so-and-so and, and, and their council state struggle. And now look at them. They're like they're, they're, a, they're a really famous actress. It's just like, but maybe they just grew up in a council state and it, and it wasn't a struggle. Maybe they just lived there. There's a very limited and monolithic sort of conversation around, around how black people are brought up. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And the ex- expectation of how you're supposed to perform, I think, your your blackness when you become successful as well. It's really interesting, this idea of performing blackness as well. I'd, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, well, the conversation I've been having with a friend of mine recently about the expectation of how you're supposed to perform your, your success. I remember, actually, like, I was at a meeting a couple of years ago for a project. There was, hang on, hang on, there was one, two, three, four black women in, in, in the meeting. And someone said to me, yeah, but Clara, you're not really the type of um, black girl that like black girls like me like, and like my sisters look up to. And I remember, I was like, sorry, excuse me. And you know, when you're so stunned into silence because you can't believe how mm. someone has spoken to you. I was just like, oh, okay. The person subsequently apologised 
but it's something that has always stuck with me. And I still am a little bit triggered by that conversation, if I'm being honest, because I remember just thinking, that's so interesting, isn't it? Your idea of me and what you think I should be as a black woman and how I should be performing that has told you that I'm not the quote-unquote type of black girl that other black women look up to when the, the irony the irony is and I say this with absolute humility and gratitude I get messages like since I started from young black mm-hmm. girls in particular pretty much every other day you know sharing the most beautiful and lovely sentiments to me which honestly make my heart sing and it they are genuinely edifying not for my ego but for my for my actually for my inner child for my inner little black girl that, 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 that wanted someone and needed someone like it makes me feel amazing and like for that for that little girl who read you that school report you know and I remember hearing those words like it really fucking up me and and uh, and it's and it's and that and it's come back up again just recently just um you know just like with with things that have been going on with me professionally like you know I've had you know I've had some really lovely things happen recently and and so and so that sentiment came back up and I just thought isn't it funny the type of black girl that you you and your people that you know don't look up to is doing x y and z like I just thought okay but I think there is this thing of like I'm expected to be, I guess, I don't know, flashing a certain handbag on the gram or like hanging out with with so-and-so artist or, you know, taking pictures from the rooftop of a certain restaurant or or just acting in particular way. And because I don't do that and I don't sort of engage in that sort of like energy and that vibe, I I guess that's not perceived as being the type. Because I know if I coded myself in a different way, if I dressed in a different way, maybe there are certain black women who would see me as more sort of aspirational based on how they perceive success. And that's cool for them, but that's just not not me. Yeah, I think that idea of like, what does success like is really interesting. And, you know, it's something that you've kind of touched on quite a lot in terms of the expectations that people have or project onto you when you like are in a certain position or have a certain level of visibility or see your career kind of evolving I mean how are you navigating that as a thing it's a a wonderful but also tricky space to be in right going back again to that that moment and like conversations around that you know I'd hear like well if 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 I was if I was doing that I'd be doing this and if I if I was you'd never see me again it's just like yeah but you're not me like you're not me. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I navigate my space in the way that I know how to do so based on what based on what I know about the business that I'm in and, and, and what I and what I want to achieve, you know. And I think I try and say yes to what I truly want to say yes to. You know, I'm learning about professional boundaries like every day. You know, even like what you do, Liv, like you'll bounce back on your email. You're just like, look, yeah, I'm not available for this interview because that's new. <laughs> No, but I know, but I but I really respect that. It's like you know, I'm not available for this interview because I've only discussed this, 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 and this here, um, and I think I think that's fantastic. And I'm, and I think I'm definitely leaning more into that mindset. I think for me, saying no is an issue anymore. But it's like having to explain myself about why I say no. That's something I'm I'm constantly working on. I don't spend a lot of time meditating on my career at a certain level, just because I know if I do, I'll turn myself, I'll lose focus. But then at the same time, I'm making a lot more effort these days to have moments of sort of, just to pause, just to have, just to take a moment for gratitude and just to take a moment to be like, Clara, babe, like, it's okay. Like, you're doing all right. Like, 
you don't you don't have to be on the hamster wheel like just take a moment to pause and enjoy this moment revel in it and then prepare for the next thing because I think we I think we're all guilty of you know when 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 you're chasing your goals or when you love to work I, I I've accepted actually I'm a bit of a workaholic I didn't think that I was one but I am and that's fine um but uh, you sometimes we we don't take enough time for sort of yeah just just to really to really enjoy it and and it's only I think probably from about 2019 late 2018 2019 onwards I I start to retake the time to sort of accept what I've achieved I'm like bloody hell you know what babe but you've done all right but at the same time I think it's it's it, it never feels enough and which is which can be dangerous but also can be quite useful because I, I never want to feel like oh yeah well done that done that cool let me just like relax and like put my feet up and just rest on my laurels because then then there's just no put me like doing my job definitely there's there's a happy there's a happy medium to, to be found because yeah you know you don't want to be in this space where you're never able to enjoy the fruits of your labor or say yes I really did do that and that was me and amazing and I'm proud of myself on that like what do you think this little Clara, age nine or ten, would think of Clara now? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and I'd just be like, wow, okay. I think, no, actually, I can imagine little me just being like, wow. Because <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it, you know. It, I just, yeah, I mean, if you told me that I would have interviewed so-and-so person or been you know featured in this way or get to play music every day and like chat and you know just kind of get 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 to absorb culture for a living I kind of would and wouldn't have believed it because I think as a kid you just got this again you have this wild hope and this wild ambition and your imagination and the capacity to think you can be anything is one of the is one of the best things about childhood you know you feel limitless so in a weird sort of way I almost would have believed it but at the same time, I'd just be like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> Would you give your younger self any pieces of advice? Like, are there any, any things that you wish baby Clara, when she was writing that note to herself, should have known? I would say the fact that you talk too much will come useful. Yes. <laughs> Don't apologise for it, but be courteous about it. If the teacher tells you to be quiet, it's not personal she just needs to get on with her lesson and teach her class. But I, I would also tell little me um, that look, it, it's 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 okay that you feel that you might feel a bit different from the from these other these other kids. Like it's all right, it's all right, babes. And like like you're cute, you're you're a little cutie. It's okay. <laughs> Is that what you think when you see pictures of yourself when from when you're like younger, just like adorable? It's so funny, isn't it? I think as, as little girls, like you know how we're socialised. I mean, it's very fucked up, but you know we're, we're socialised to be like, well, yeah, like mm-hmm. cute and essentially like desirable. Mm. You are socialised to be desirable as a, as a little girl from like the day you're born. Oh, isn't she pretty? Oh, beautiful little girl. Oh gosh, oh you're gonna have to lock that one up. Like, oh she's oh she's not dating till she's eighteen. The, the language around how little girls are raised is is really um is it's it's really telling of, of you know of, of how how we think about women and and, and you know and, and what and what value is pla- is placed on us and and it affects you whether you whether you like it or not and I think I think around yeah like eight nine ten you know that's when like people start to be like kiss chase and things like that 
And, you know, when you're in a school, like mostly white kids, and like <laughs> no one's chasing you and you're a bit like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm not like Rachel or Claire or Louise or Natasha, <laughs> you know. And then you're like, oh, so I'm not desirable then. I'm, I'm not, okay. They're the pretty girls. I definitely internalised that as a little kid that I just wasn't meant to be in like the pretty gang. Uh, which is again, which I shouldn't even, I, uh, which is, which makes me sad. Cause I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have even been thinking about that. But, but we do. So yeah, I just feel like, babe, like you're all right. You're a little cutie, and it's okay. You sound like a little cutie. Those glasses sound like little <laughs> cutie glasses. Um, was that? I guess. I mean, you know, there's there's so much work that happens, obviously, between ten and uh, and now. But in terms of that process of kind of unlearning or like moving past that feeling of like I'm different or I'm different and the difference is a bad thing what has that journey looked like for you I know it's a it's a huge question that is a huge question I think it definitely goes back to my parents again because this is the thing (laughs) my dad yeah was so fucking shady he just like he just cussed people like I remember I'd just be like but dad like like everyone in the class it's like Emma's really pretty and he'd be like in the end gun that's the thing like if you don't if you if you don't like something or if you if you just want to like it's essentially like the gunny and the equivalent of like kissing your teeth it's like to like this so he just be like he'd be like that that little girl hmm. <laughs> she looks like him you actually like when your grandma like do you know what I mean like yeah. you know and, and and I'd be like oh but like uh, like I want to wear this and like whatever and like you know he'd tell me stories about like my grandma like my mum my mum's uh, mum Christina who's still alive like I was just with her in Ghana um when I was there in December and like she's beautiful like dark skin like she's like Stormzy shade like dark skin black like black woman and you know he'd be like oh, when, when your grandma was younger she was one of the most beautiful women in Accra all the men loved her she's beautiful like you know like she was you know I was taught that like you know being dark skinned and you're just darker than your av- average you know uh like you know, I guess heralded light skin beauty black woman was a beautiful thing. And like in our household, like my, my dad, my, my dad was buying all the magazines, like you know, like your Ebony magazine, all of those. Like we had those in our house. Like so, you know, on the weekends, because even though we were based in Kingston, all of our family were in like Croydon, mm. Brixton, Streatham, Peckham, and like and tooting. So and, like you know, we'd go there to like go get food shopping because you, you weren't getting that in, in our local place. So we so we always had that injection of culture. And that, and just that knowing of who we were in the household. So even though I step out, and no matter how you know, and even they, they they would fortify me with with that with that sense of identity. And and you know, and despite their efforts, yeah, sometimes it, it didn't work. Just because again, when you're exposed to a lot of people that don't look like you in school and the TV you're watching, of course, it's going to seep in, no matter how hard your parents try. But they made they made sure that. Uh, that I had a sense of like I guess pride in in my roots and and I think that has definitely protected me when it come when it came to and helped me when it came to unlearning you know I guess that those sort of like western ideals of what it is to be desirable. I think that I totally agree firstly and I think it definitely specifically in relation to this idea of desirability and beauty the internet was a game changer for me but I, I just I love the fact that your parents brought you up with such consciousness and and like I mean I'm sure it was that common in some circles but I feel like it 
it almost seems like a modern internet era thing to do that with your kids, like, you know, to make sure they have all the black doors and da da da. And the fact that they were doing that, you know, in the 90s, like that, you know, that's incredible that they had that sort of foresight and yeah. Well, that's the thing, because like my, because I remember actually all the dolls I did have, instantly they they, they were white dolls because like we just couldn't really, no, because we just couldn't get, we couldn't really get any. Um, but then, but then that's thing else, and I think, but my dad was very perceptive, and I think that's why he just made sure we had all like the black magazines and like you know like the the I mean we had this um, we had this book in the house like called like. African women or like black women and looking back it's quite problematic I think Bob Geldof like wrote the forward and I was a bit like and I remember, I remember even as a kid I was a bit like that's a bit suspect but anyway <laughs> like just the way I mean like I mean the way he wrote about black women is it, you know it, like he said things which are true that we're beautiful and, and diverse or whatever but I was just mm. thinking of all the people they chose to like write forward like that's for another day we just always had images of black beauty in in the house because I think my dad was just like, you know, he just, I just think he just, and particularly with me, because I was the only girl, he, I think he, he, I think he just really wanted to make sure that I was ever questioning myself. I feel like, um, I feel like that's a, a natural and very positive conclusion. What do you reckon, Liv? Yeah, thank you for joining us, Clara. Pleasure, Hans, and uh, I'll, I'll see you on the internet. <laughs> Bye. 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 That was lovely to chat to Clara. And like, yeah, it was a it was a really interesting conversation around kind of beauty standards and like and the idea of celebrity yeah. as well. That's an interesting one. And keeps cropping up, doesn't it? Like with with these these well known black women. Yeah, because you know, human beings, right? First and foremost is 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 who they are. But yeah, so much expectation and projection. And I think it's it's interesting what Clara was saying around this idea or expectation that you have to have this certain black experience story or whatever to tell when you're when you're successful or that people actually you know will will forcibly weave that into the story even if that is not essentially a part of it and I think um you know like like she said she's 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 not like a hugely flashy person she's very down to earth and she's not going to perform her success in the ways that people expect her to um and I thought that was powerful it was just also nice to read her baby reflections upon herself I remember being in those situations in class where you had to write down who you were and what was going on and it was like those first instances of like really truly being self-reflexive and it's a good exercise for you at the time but it also it also contains like yeah hidden Mm -hmm. elements of your adult personality i.e the fact that she was a very chatty person and then went on to be Mm. a radio host (laughs) yeah makes sense love that for her (laughs) all the signs were there from day one no it was great thank you pal if you enjoyed this episode please do check out more subscribe to our show you can also become a galdan member and access wonderful events and extra bits of content all the good stuff basically and also help us transform the wider media landscape um if you just go to www gal hyphen is important dem.com thank you so much for your support and for listening we appreciate you this has been an ii studios production thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one you can find growing up with galdam on apple podcasts the acast app spotify or wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a review rate us and subscribe it really helps the show and if you'd like to find out more about galdam you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G A L D E M 
Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.